Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adiwumi. Today I'm going to go through the the letter of Apostle Paul to Philemon. The epistle of Paul, the Apostle to Philemon. This is a single chapter, a single chapter letter that was written by Apostle Paul to one believer, a, a pastor, a private believer called Philemon and we may learn some things from that simple epistle and that's what we are going to go through. Now Apostle Paul started by saying, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ and Timothy our brother unto Philemon our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. Now you have to see that when he was writing this letter he said he is a prisoner. Apostle Paul was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. What he meant was that he has been, he is now writing from the time that uh, he has been arrested in Jerusalem. I mean, after he was arrested in Jerusalem, I mean, and he, he was now in Rome as a prisoner waiting for the day he will go and visit, he will go and stand before the emperor. So, those are the time days. The Bible says he was there for at least two years before he actually went before the emperor, according to the Acts of the Apostles. That's what we believe. He was reported. So what he was writing here, he is now addressing himself as a prisoner for, uh, for Jesus Christ. So a prisoner of, of Jesus Christ and Timothy is, is the one that's actually writing this letter for Apostle Paul. So Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. And then he is also addressing the another brother, he said, unto our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow children, unto the church in thy house. So this Young, this man Philemon most likely is the one that is uh, the uh, the householder where these brethren normally fellowship in this city where he was going to write to them, and he has a reason why he was he's writing this letter, and you see that reason in the in the context of the letter. But even though it was addressed to Philemon, he also said to Aphia who was perhaps one of the leaders in that house fellowship, and I'll keep us also was also one of the leaders in the house fellowship say unto the church in thy house so we will assume that is the church the church is in the house of philemon or the house of archippus so one of these elders maybe they all rotate it but they were like the elders in this particular town that have a fellowship of brethren in their house you have to remember in those days they don't build it a place of worship or fellow meeting together when they just meet in houses and they may be they may be in the house of one particular borough or it may be rotating from house to house. We actually did that in our own time in America here when we did it for actually for evening kind of a fellowship along with the part the people go to their church on Sunday where we meet once a week on a Saturday evening to exhort one another and we rotate it from house to house and mostly the people that are from the same church environment. And those are done in many great churches where they have large congregation and they encourage the, mem the believers to meet in, in one of their brethren's houses during the weekday for, for, for fellowship and breaking of bread instead of a, a church that is packed full of a, a thousand or two people, two thousand people. So they say, well, you meet in your neighborhood where only maybe about ten of you that are in the same neighborhood can be meeting once a week before the 
Sunday service that they meet in the OB congregation. Some churches are doing that in many places also. So that's called house fellowship. They meet in the evening. So in the days of the apostles, mostly that's how they actually started house fellowship. So he was saying to the church in your house. In other places, they were able to rent a place and they would meet in that place. Verse 3 said, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers. Now, Apostle Paul always says he's always praying for the believers. Anytime he's praying, he's remembering all the believers that he has converted, praying for them. And this is the type of prayer he's praying for them. The hearing of your love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all sins. Say thank God for you when you when you when you hear the love you have for Jesus and for the believers. Verse 6. He said he also prayed that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. He said he's praying that whatever the brother is communicating will be effective. In acknowledging every good thing which is in, in him. That is whatever he is communicating, he may communicate by money, he may communicate by just giving help, or he may communicate by just teaching the word of God. He is praying that it should be effective so that it should be may also be a, a, a reward for this brother that is doing the communication. So that's really what our interpreter verse is. Acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Verse 7. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. So it's now pointing to the fact that he has heard that this brother is always ministering to the saints. When they come by their fellowship, they give them food, they give them housing, they also give them some money to go along in their ministry, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in their way. So he said they are, that's what he referred to when he said, the, the bowels of the saints are refreshed. By the, and he was one refreshing the saints, refreshing their bags, means giving them sustenance, food, sometimes helping them out financially. So this brother more may be a, a a great man that has believed the gospel, and they say they are living, they are fellowshiping in his house. The other fellowship brother brother are meeting in his house. So Apostle Paul went on in verse eight. Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee, being such a one as Paul the aged and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. So he's now getting to what he really, the reason why he wrote this letter to our final he said, even though I, I, I am bold to actually command you to do what I want to tell you to do, but see, because of love, I will more or less just beg you to do it. Humble because even he say, just as you know that I'm older, you so say, knowing that being such a one as Paul the aged, by this time Apostle Paul was an old man, and we don't know how old he was, but he's more or less saying he must have been as old enough to be able to be commanding this man, who is also maybe younger than Paul, but also well to do. But he said, even though I am old, as an old person, old minister, I, I could be saying, I can enjoin thee, I may command you to do this thing. So I would rather just beseech you. A beseech means you plead with somebody. Humbly pleading with somebody to do what you want him to do. Because what he's asking him to do, you see it in the next chapter, he's trying to plead for somebody who was a servant of this man, but a servant that ran away, and Apostle Paul was the one that converted this servant to Christ. And he's wanting them to go back to his master. Because in those days, servants in those days means slaves. 
but some of slaves, if they do something wrong, they will, they when they run away or something, they don't really have any place to go to. They don't have any food to eat. They don't have any job. So they rather to be a slave with their master that's treating them well than to be homeless. You see. So Apostle Paul, when the when he cornered this person that he's going to write about, he's sending him back to his boss, to his master, to his home. If he's a slave that ran away for good, or he didn't want to go that man, well, he won't run and send him back. But he said, you are better off with this man who is a Christian who's taking care of you. You have a house on your own and a place to work and food and food on your on your on your belly. But you are now if you are if run away, you practically have nowhere to go. You can see that story like that in the days in the story of uh, uh, Eger. Eger was a slave that was bought by Sarah, the wife of Abraham. And then after some time, Agar became uh, Abraham, Sarah gave uh, Agar to Abraham to be a concubine so that she can get a baby for them. But when this woman, Agar, was now pregnant, she became cocky, no, proud, thinking that well, she had got what this my boss couldn't get. And sometimes people can be proud just because they are carrying a baby when the their boss have been barren for years. So now that become a pride, and when she when she was proud, she was no more obedient to the boss who actually more or less just gave her as a gift to her husband. So the woman got angry. I mean, Sarah got angry and started mistreating Agar. You can read that in the book of Genesis. Agar has to run away. I mean, she fled because of the mistreatment, harsh handling that Sarah started using upon her. And when she ran away, where was she going to run to? That is what I'm trying to point to you here. Because in those days, slaves, they are not just running away because of a, they got a better place to go. Many of them have no other place to go. And that was why when the angel of the Lord God met that woman, Iga, she actually, it was, she was, she was, she was uh, admonished to go back to Sarah and submit herself to, to the woman, to, the, to her boss. Because she at least is better off, she has food, she has housing, and so on and so forth. You see that in the book of Genesis, the story of Abraham, when 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 Agar, the wife of the, the concubine that was pregnant, ran away because of the way Sarah started treating her. You see that in the book of Genesis chapter 16. In Genesis chapter 16, you see how Agar became pregnant and then when Sarah treated her harshly, she ran away. In verse 7, after she ran away, verse 6 is when she ran away, but Abraham said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand, do to her as it pleased thee. And when Sarai dared hardly with her, she fled from her face. Verse 7 said, And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to shore. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, whence comest thou? And where will thou go? Where will thou go? He said, Where are we going to go now? She said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress and submit thyself unto her under her hand. And the angel then gave her promise of the baby that's going to be born. So you see what I'm trying to say is that many of those slaves in those days they have nowhere else to go. So it's better for them to just go and be serving the place, the and be submissive to their boss and that was an example of that and this is the same story that uh, happened to this man that uh, Apostle Paul was writing about to Philemon who was the who was the boss of this slave 
and then this is how Apostle was addressing the letter. I say, uh, as, a, as a elder man, I, I have the authority to, to command you and join you with all I want to say. But as a for love's sake, I rather beseech you in verse 9 of Philemon. I beseech thee, verse 10, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus. That's what Apostle Paul is talking about. He called this man his son because Apostle Paul was the one that converted this young man to Christ now. But the man, the boy, the young man was a, a slave. Whom I have begotten in my bones, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. Whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him that is my own bowels, whom I would have retained with me. That in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. So what is Apostle Paul saying? So how did this man actually know about Apostle Paul that he, he met Apostle? You know Apostle Paul was preaching about. So Apostle Paul could have been to that house of Philemon before, and this young man Onesimus was just a slave, maybe just serving in that house, and that's how he knew about Apostle Paul and he knew about this preaching that they are preaching about. Maybe he didn't really give his life to Christ during that time. But somehow something happened after Apostle was no more there, maybe some years later. Something happened between him and his boss. And he ran away. Okay. But like I was saying, just like Ega, where are you going to run to now? Where are you going to get a job? Where are you going to get food? Where are you going to get house? You'll be homeless. Sleeping under the bush. Whereas when you are with that man, that was now a Christian and still teaching you where, Whatever it, the people assume that maybe this Onesimus stole some money or something like that, but whatever it is, he was a slave that ran away. But maybe he came back to his senses and remembered that this Apostle Paul was in social place and they were preaching something that seems good, and he went and found Apostle Paul. Something like that is what I believe was happening, and and introduced himself. Apostle Paul said, "Yeah, I remember you." And when he passed through, an Apostle must have converted him. And Apostle Paul now in Rome, because most of the people when they run away, they will get themselves to Rome. You have to remember that. When they run away, the place where they think their job is Rome, is the center of the of the society, of this of the civilization, that generation. So that could have been how he got himself perhaps to Rome. And then he heard about Apostle Paul was in a prisoner in Rome and he went to find him. And the Apostle Paul must have converted him and made him a believer. And then he stayed with Apostle Paul for a, for a while because, of, like I said, he had no place to go and he heard about Apostle Paul. He must have gone to stay with him wherever Apostle Paul was staying. Apostle Paul was not in jail. He was living by himself under the soldier that was keeping him according to the Acts of the Apostles. And so Apostle Paul was able to stay accommodate a visitor. Also. He said he was living in, a, in a, his own hired house. Let's look at that in Acts of the Apostles. Chapter 28, the last chapter of Acts of the Apostles, so that you can see that the situation of Apostle Paul was not like somebody, a prisoner that is in prison that cannot entertain visitors. But he was actually more or less in the house arrest until, until he has to go before the court. So, look at that in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 28, verse 30 says, And Paul dwelt two old years in his own hired house. You see what I'm saying? his own higher and receive all that came in unto him preaching the kingdom of god and teaching those things which concern the lord jesus christ with all confidence no man forbidding him so he actually was renting his own higher house and still preaching the gospel in rome the most has given him a limited how far you can go 
because they said there was a soldier that was guarding over him. So that is really what would make uh, that Onesimus who ran away from his boss to be able to locate Apostle and then Apostle was able to convert him and stay with Apostle and Apostle said, well, I think the best bet for you is to go back to Onesimus I will write a letter that you will take with you and Onesimus and go back to Philemon where you have better better things to do because if you are with Apostle Paul, what will he be doing is just helping Apostle Paul and Apostle Paul is feeding him, not supposedly feeding him and Apostle Paul have no job that he could be doing just helping him out and then he has to feed another mouth so Apostle Paul said, well I think you would be better off to go back to Philemon who has a, a business that you are a slave working for him and he's also a Christian, he knows how to treat believers now, uh, believe people will write and I will write to you, you are no more used to be classified as a believer, you are now like a, a believer you are now a believer, you are like a brother. So that's what Apostle Paul is writing, and it's another someone that's going to take the letter to Philemon. So this is the, the reason why Apostle Paul wrote this letter. So continue reading. So you see the wisdom and how he approached this. This is what we are learning from this letter. He approached Philemon humbly, even though he is the Apostle Paul perhaps older and a minister of the gospel. He said, I could have commanded you to do this, but see, I would rather plead with you for my son. Onesimus. The woman I've begotten in my body, he converted him while I was even a prisoner. But he never said, that Onesimus was unprofitable to you, perhaps that's why he ran away. He said, now it's profitable now. He said, I've sent him again to you, verse 12, so that you should receive him. It's almost like receiving me, Apostle Paul. Verse 13 said, whom I will have retained with me, he said, I will have kept him with me, that instead of you, he might minister to me in the bonds of the gospel. But that's a way of saying that I really don't want to keep him here. Even though I can use him, basically, using him, you also have to pay for the food and so on. So, he said, Well, I will retain you with me, but, say, but without thy mind will I do nothing. That thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. So, he said, well, I'd rather that you come back to you. Verse 15 said, Perhaps he therefore departed for a season that thou should receive him forever. Not now as a servant, he's not a slave. He said the word servant is used here, but in that generation they are actually slaves. People buy them to work for them when they are they are permanent. Like a guy was bought as a slave, bought by Sarai, the wife of Abraham, while she was still a young lady. And then she became old enough to marry and, 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 and Sarai gave her to be to be a child for her and give her to Abraham. But she was still classified as a servant, even though she was carrying the baby, she was still classified as a servant of Sarai. And they had to live as servant for, for the rest of their life anyway, because they were bought. In that generation, that's what slaves were. And the word translated here as servant, you have to know what they mean, because they are, in, this, in our generation, the word servant does not mean slaves. That's why I'm trying to explain that. He said that now this man is not like a servant, it's not like as a slave now, but as a brother in Christ. Beloved to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord, verse 16. Now verse 17 is a good word that Apostle Paul is putting out to make the man fire lemon take this thing seriously. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. Well, that's a strong word. That is, don't, don't say I don't want this buy anymore, he stole my money or he did this thing, he did that thing. Say if you, if you count me as a partner, I mean a believer like yourself, and a gospel preacher like yourself, receive him as if you are receiving me. That's a strong word. And uh, who is going to say no to that? 
So that's a, a good way that he presented his case to Philemon. And then in verse 8 is where we know that he, he just man didn't run away for 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 good cause. He ran away for some problem. Verse 18 says, if he has wronged thee or owe thee aught, anything he hold you, put that on my account. Because you could have been these slaves, where they run away, they could have stolen something. And they think they will go with this one and run away. Say, so if he has stolen anything from you, if he hold you anything, say, I will pay you. That's what Apostle Paul said. Verse, verse 19 says, I, Paul, have written it with my own hand. I will repay it. See that? And that, that's why I say it's a strong letter to Philemon that Apostle Paul was presenting and saying, even if this man owes you something, put it on my account. I will repay it. I write this with my own I will repay it. That is so much love that Apostle Paul has for this convert of his, Onesimus. He said, How be it, I do not say to thee how, how thou owest to me even thy own self, thyself, by, by, besides. That is, even though you also hold me something, but I won't count on that. I won't talk about that. I will more or less say, I, If this man owes you something, put it on my account, I will pay it. How much more, how much you hold me, say, forget about how much you hold me, say, you, you hold me your life because I, I have taught to you, I have taught you, I have taught you, I have, I'm the one that converted you guys, is what he's alluding to, say, how, I'm not saying how much you owe me, even thy own self besides, they say, we are only talking about that, if this man owes something, put it on my tab, put it on my account, I will pay it, but verse 20, it's now wrapping up the letter, so that's the summary of what he's really writing this letter about, that he's sending his slave back to his master, telling the master who is now a Christian, who is a Christian, and the slave now born a Christian, become a Christian, that take this man back and remember, treat him as if you are treating me. Because he's my he's now my son. Verse 20. Yeah, brother, let me have let me have joy of the Lord. Of thee in the Lord. Let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. When he say refresh my bowels, saying the same thing that he always said, the bowels of the saints are refreshed by you. That is that man was, was a generous man. He always sent donations. He always when people come by, he always give them help and give them food. So Apostle Paul said, don't forget, do that for me also. Whatever way is going to refresh my bowels, that he's saying. He's either saying, go send something to Apostle Paul, or even by just taking this man in, he's refreshing the bowels of Apostle Paul, because he said, this is like my son right now. He said, refresh my bowels in the Lord. Verse 21. Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou will also do more than I say. See that? He said, I'm, I am I'm confident that you are going to do much than, much more than I say to, for you, concerning this case of Onesimus. Verse 22. So, but without prepare me also a lodging, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. Apostle Paul is believing God that he was going to be able to travel around. He said, you guys keep praying. And through your prayers, I believe that God is going to grant that you'll be able to visit Philemon and many other brethren. That's what he meant by, I trust that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. That you'll be able to travel that far and visit uh, Philemon also said, but prepare me a lodging when I come. Whether it's just declaring by faith, or you have, have seen that very soon you'll be able to travel to go and visit them, he's saying, prepare me a lodging. Because I trust that through your presence, you know, he's talking of faith. He's declaring by faith that you'll be able to travel and go and see them very soon. Verse 23, they, they are salute the Epaphras, 
my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus. That's another minister that was with Paul. He said he's saluting Philemon. Verse 24 says, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. They are also saluting Philemon. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. So he summarized this letter. So what do we learn from this letter? From this letter of Apostle Paul? We can see, number one, Apostle Paul showed humility because he said he's an aged man and an apostle that had been preaching the gospel and now he's aged and he's in the prison and he's writing to a younger person that was perhaps full of wealth but he was a believer and also have servants. Apostle Paul, nobody said Apostle had any slaves but this man has slaves, one of them ran away. So, but the man is a believer so he, they are fellowshiping in that man's house and Apostle Paul must have visited the man before and he knew that's how that slave called Onesimus knew about Apostle Paul. So when he ran away and maybe he ran to Rome, he heard that Apostle Paul was in Rome and he went and visited visit Apostle Paul and Apostle Paul converted him and then heard about his case that when you run away from Philemon, you are better off to stay with Philemon that is a believer, he will be treating you better, treating you right. I think you better go back because you are going to need food, you are going to need housing, you are going to need things to do. Apostle Paul perhaps can use his help, but he said, Apostle Paul himself can be feeding another mouth and so on and so forth, permanently. So that is why he said, it's better to send you back and I will write a letter to Philemon to take you back as a believer and not as a slave. But of course, you still going to be serving Philemon and that's where you're going to get the food and the and the clothing and the housing it's not for free you're going to get it because you are working for, there for him like as a servant but no more a slave but at least that will be the reward of working for Philemon is the housing and the food and the clothing so that is one lesson we learn is humility when you are trying to appeal to somebody you can't command you can't dictate even though you are the the elderly one, you are the older one, they all respected you as an apostle, but he still didn't dictate when it comes to things that has to do with business. It's, it's the business as far as this people is concerned, it's a world business. But you can appeal. It's almost like when you are trying to get help somebody get a job. And you know the fellow who owns the job is a, a, a younger fellow of yours or a, a Christian brother, and you want him to help you give a job to another person. You don't command him, even though if he's, you are the pastor, you are the, you are the apostle, and he's just a member of your church, but he's the one that owns the business. So you appeal to him, and say, we have a, a believer here that needs some job, can you help him? And, and you express him that we are to help one another. So he will do his best to help the believer get a job. So that is like what you are seeing here when a Philemon was being addressed by Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul said, I can't command you, but I'm appealing to you to do this for for a brother's sake, even though the brother was formerly a slave of yours. So that is another thing we see. And then of course Apostle Paul also now used some strong words that say, if this man owes you something that is, if, whether the separation was due to bitterness or something like that, the man may have stolen something when he ran away, say, put this on my account, I will pay it back. Say, I will pay it back. Because this, they say, this is more or less saying that this man is like a son to me right now. That whatever I owe you, Put on my account, I will pay you back with my, I wrote this with my own hands, I will pay back. Exactly. I don't even talk about how much you owe me yourself. When you owe me your life by being the, the believer that the, the, the apostle that converted 
Fire Lemon or Paras, Lady Santa Pauline, give him the Pantino Holy Ghost. So, but let's not talk about that. If this man holds you anything, put it on my account, I will pay you back. It's what Apostle Paul said. And we learn from this also that Apostle Paul was uh, taking care of other people. I mean, younger generation, younger believers, people that needed a job. He was taking care of, he was helping them out by recommending them to, he recommended Onesimus to Philemon to help, the, help him. It's like, or it's like recommending somebody to get a job. And like I was telling him, brother, somebody that came to your congregation and he's giving his life to Christ, but he has no job. So the body of Christ can help him get a job and put him on his, in a good foot so that he can help himself. Teach him how to fish so that he can become a fisherman and then he will use that skill rather than just giving money to feed himself. It's one who's good to give somebody money, but it's better to get him a job where he can make his own money. So that is actually what Apostle Paul is doing and we care one for another like that. It's very important. Apostle Paul cared for Onesimus and he needed him to not just to be working for Apostle Paul without any hope of giving him any salary other than just food. He said, well, I think you are better off to go and to go and be employed by that Philemon who you used to work for and he will take care of you because he better. I'm going to write a letter and he wrote a letter telling Philemon that this you are doing this for me, so to speak. And I pray that the Lord will give that same heart to every one of us that we will be having the compassion for other people that are in need, that need her help. Whatever way the help we are giving is just by recommending them to places where they can get sustenance or we are the ones that are giving them the sustenance. God bless you.